Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Mayotte and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube. So very lackadaisical today. Because it's Sunday. I feel like I haven't recorded on a Sunday in, in a hot minute. Or a cold minute for that matter. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed and sometimes do other things. Vague. I think what... Oh shit, I forgot to get my buttons ready. Uh, I should say, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so, you know, I warn of that as a sort of possibility, because I don't want to spoil things. No, I am not time in that sense, because time spoils things, like fruit on a countertop. Huh? Uh, okay, I think uh, what I will do is now push a button that will get us started thusly. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is, I forget, let me scroll, Club Vandersex. That's with three X's. Thank you for your sponsorship, Club Vandersex. Movie the first, Zodiac, from 2007. Ah, you know what? Uh, and I'm going to have it in next episode, because I don't know why. Um, this weekend... And last weekend, uh, covered two uh, films that the misses had not seen. Uh, that's sort of I don't know why they. Yeah, I, I guess it's the whole cops thing. Uh, so uh, 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 this weekend we watched uh, Training Day, and uh, uh, last weekend, which we're going to talk about now, I watched uh, Zodiac. Oh, Zodiac from two. Uh, excuse me, uh, two thousand seven. Yeah, starring. We got uh, Robert Downey Jr., RDJ, if you prefer, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Carroll Lynch, Brian Cox, a, a cornucopia of uh, 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 character actors in this, uh, and it's a it's it's a goddamn delight to see them. Uh, actually, in this and in Training Day as well. Uh, I was actually surprised, just because I hadn't seen these movies in so long, uh, how many uh, uh, actors in, I know there are no small roles, how many actors in sm even the smaller roles of these films uh, uh, that I re recognized in the end. Why am I stuttering? I think maybe because I just finished a, a coffee and it's got me hyped up. I don't know. Let me read the IMDA for Zodiac. In the late 1960s, early 1970s, a San Francisco cartoonist becomes an amateur detective obsessed with tracking down the Zodiac Killer, an unidentified individual who terrorizes Northern California with a killing spree. Uh, my wonder, as with all, you know, based on real life events, uh, how accurate is this to things that actually happened? 
hmm. Do I need it to be accurate in order for me to enjoy it or have fun watching it? Probably not. But my desire would be that at least... Jeez, I... I the number that keeps popping in my head is 50%. At least 50% of it should be accurate to what actually happened. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Any less than, you know, just write a movie at that point. Uh, rather than, I mean, this obviously was a written movie, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, Zodiac, rating-wise... Yeah, it's very good. Uh, it, it, it's, if you don't know the story of uh, the Zodiac Killer, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a gruesome and, I guess, therefore interesting one. So that helps. I, I'd go like a solid four. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd give it a five necessarily. Um, but, yeah, four seems accurate. Uh, I should say, I only have two movies. God damn it. I jam-packed the last uh, movie monologue, if I do recall. So, you know. There's that. Uh, this is a good... You know, uh, every once in a while, I'll just have two movies. And I like it when it's like this, when it's two completely different... Uh, you couldn't... You'd have difficulty finding two movies that were more different than Zodiac and Eurotrip from 2004. Eurotrip. Remember that one from 2004? Dumped by his girlfriend, a high school grad decides to embark on an overseas adventure in Europe with his friends. Yeah. This is a strange movie. I, I had seen it, you know, back in the day. But I didn't remember the sort of world in which this exists. Especially towards the end of the movie. It's funny, and I didn't do this on purpose, but I've just realized I've called Zodiac Film, and I've called this movie. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, I suppose, accurate. When does a film become a movie? Uh, and vice versa. I, I think Zodiac and Eurotrip, probably you could find the line there. Uh, especially towards the end of this movie, it gets, like, just ridiculous to where your belief suspension will have to get incredibly high. Uh, like uh, sometimes in the movie, uh, people are getting incredibly high. Yeah, because it's a high school, college-y movie with, uh, you know, a, a fun, dumb teens and such. Uh, and incest as well, let's not forget. Let's not forget. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg is uh, probably the most notable name, I would say. Um, uh, you may recognize as Dawn Summers from Buffy. Yes, that Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, she's very good. Uh, everyone's fine. You know, it's, uh, the, the, the acting, such as it is, is, it has its ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, we got some Vinnie Jones. We've got, uh, uh, some goddamn, uh, Lucy Lawless. Yes. Okay, let me tell my Lucy Lawless story. Um. So I'm at uh, Fan Expo one uh, one year, and uh, I see that uh, uh, they have a, there was a girl doing tarot card readings, which I'd never done, so I thought that would be fun. Um, uh, so I did that, and during the course of the reading, the girl uh, who's doing it basically said, and I'm going to paraphrase, uh, that like, <laughs> yeah, this is very paraphrased, 
I suppose. Uh, she said uh, 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 a celebrity is going to uh, uh, find you attractive and hit on you or, or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly where it was. I sort of, uh, you know, laughed it off. That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, and then I go to meet Lucy Lawless and I am a horrible judge at this sort of thing. But I swear to God, it felt like she was fucking hitting on me a little bit. And uh, it was uh, the, the highlight of, if not, probably not my life highlight, but it was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, so to see her in this movie, uh, which I forgot she was in it, she actually ran Club Vandersex. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. That could be a little bit of a conflict of interest since that's the sponsor for this segment. Whew. Okay, well, I might as well give my rating five out of five. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's dumb. It's fun. It's ridiculous at points. Uh, I think it, it, it has a very uh, late 90s, early aughts comedy feel. So if you like that, I bet you you'd give it a four. If you don't like that, which I can see you not, uh, you'd give it less. Ooh, convoluted rating completed. Uh, yeah, let's push another button. This one, I think. Wait, let me double check. It's like this one. Okay, yeah, this one. Game Gavin. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Drojan. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, as I will do from time to time, uh, because I am I haven't really finished a game necessarily. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll just tell you, sort of behind the scenes, what I'm playing now. Uh, still, uh, occasionally and fairly frequently, uh, playing some RimWorld. Uh, but I'm also have dusted off Zelda Breath of the Wild. And my plan, and I'm, you know, 200 and change in, I think, <coughs> excuse me, uh, my plan is to get all the Korok seeds. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. It's, it's sort of a very uh, relaxing uh, way to play the game. It's just sort of traveling the map, looking for these seeds. Um, I, I have a, a, a guide and a map that's letting me sort of check them off one at a time so my fear is with that is uh, I get to the end and I look at the map and everything's been checked off and then I realize oh, I need one more uh, so that's gonna suck if that happens I, I, I hope I've been accurate anyways uh, maybe we'll talk about that in another episode however uh, occasionally in a game Gavin segment, I will throw in a backstory of a D&D &D character. Uh, so this is one that I haven't played yet. Uh, I need to, uh, I'm in a, uh, I've spoken of this before, I'm in a, a Discord, uh, and I need to get one of my players, is currently level 6, need to be level 7 in order for me to introduce a new character. So pretty close, I have everything in place that I need, including this backstory that I thought I would read. Um... So what I decided to do with this character is go dark. <laughs> yeah, normally uh, I play sort of very light, uh, uh, often silly characters. Uh, so, you know, uh, maybe I'll throw a trigger warning in on this backstory because it's uh, it's dark and it's, uh, you know, I wanted to stretch my, uh, stretch my wings 
as it were, into the realm of uh, not light-hearted and uh, uh, happy-go-lucky stuff and just see if I could do it. And uh, I think I did. I think I did. You can be the judge as I read this pretty long backstory, actually, to be honest. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, uh, the character's name is Poe, P-O. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I'll give the... Uh, 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 just a, I guess it's backstory to the backstory, which is he is a loxodon, uh, which is a uh, 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 elephant folk. It would be sort of, I guess, if you wanted to boil it down a little bit. Uh, he is a cleric, and I'm going to do a, a, a dip into a, a spore druid for two levels as well. So, which will, you know, make sense as I read the backstory now. I swear to God, I'm going to read it now. <clears throat> there you go, official throat cleaning to indicate starting. <clears throat> uh, the first memory Poe has is that of rowing, then of the lash, then the popping of blisters on his hands. These memories cycle unabated until the callus on his back and hands allow other memories to start to take shape. The dark and an almost feral smell of blood and sweat and shit were his only companions. Yes, there were others around him, and sometimes they would talk in hushed tones, but for the most part the fear of the lash prevented even that. These conditions would break most minds, but Poe had the questionable fortune that this was all he knew, so it left his mind bent, but not broken. His mind latched on to the one word that always accompanied a respite from the monotony of rowing. Drojan. Drojan became an unspoken mantra for Poe. His mind latched onto these two syllables like an iron vice, and the combination of his battered psyche and the lack of all but the most basic external stimuli, Drojan became his reason for being and eventually his god. Drojan was a god of pain, a god of death, a god whose doctrine was not formed by some being on high who imparted their tenets and powers through a religious fervor, but instead a religion grown like a mold on the rotted fruit of Poe's mind. At first, that was all it was. A mad boy's and now a madman's pathetic attempt to make sense of the only word he had ever known. At first... This sort of unquestioning, unwavering, single-minded belief is something any god, demigod, or deity relishes. Poe's unshakable faith was like a dinner bell to Frazubulu. <laughs> uh, that is a forgotten realm name, uh, which I will spell once and then mispronounce the rest of the time. Uh, so this is like an actual uh, uh, demon lord from a forgotten realm's lore that I have co-opted for my purposes. Uh, F R A Z dash U R B apostrophe L U Frazurbulu. Jesus Christ. Uh, the Prince of Lies was an apt name for this being whose godlike powers were feared by even the most powerful demon lords. His ability to trick and manipulate may be unparalleled in the multiverse, so to exploit this poor young Loxodon was child's play for him. Poe's mind was so open that he readily believed the enticing whispers from his god, Drojan, were not only real, but evidence his faith was justified. Uh, a justification that proved to be well-placed when one night the voice told him to be ready. 
uh, and the sound of fighting from above grew louder and louder until it ceased with an eerie quietude. The opening of a hatch momentarily blinded Poe as a torchlight spilled in along with a group of rough, leather-clad lizard folk led by a sizable figure in deep, almost blue-black robes. Then the slaughter began. Mercilessly, the lizard folk cut down the chained and forgotten slaves one at a time. Poe had been in this room with some of these people for his entire life. He did not know their names, and that they did not know his. He did not mourn their deaths, for he could not. When the lizard folk approached him, he stood, forced to duck to his massive eight-foot-eight frame that was tall even for his kind. Muscles that had worked day in and day out for who knows how long tensed, giving the lizard folk pause at this formidable sight before them. Rather than get close, two lizard folk were ushered forward with sizable crossbows. They took aim at Poe, one crossbow per unblinking eye, and just as they were about to fire the robed figure in a deep baritone that seemed to shake the very air yelled, Drojan! In the years to come, Poe learned that in the Chultian language, Drojan simply means stop. But that did not deter from his unflappable belief he had been saved by the direct influence of his god. His savior was a fellow Loxodon named Abdul Aziz. Part death cleric, part necromancer, Abdul believed the adage, fight fire with fire, also applied to death. He turned his ever-expanding knowledge of poison, disease, and death towards keeping humanoids alive, not out of the goodness of his heart, because, as he put it, you know what inflicts pain and kills more people than anything else? Other people. Poe's fragmented mind was pliable, so he took this information in and incorporated it into his religion, as if it had always been there. And to his broken mind, it was as if it always had been. Frazubablu found the twisted idea so enticing that he fed it like a flame. He granted Poe powers to save the lives of others. Uh, with life come pain. With life comes pain, so for each body brought back from death, Poe dedicated all their future pains to Drojan. Not only that, but a life saved by Poe for Drojan meant that every life that being took until the day it died would not have happened were it not for his god's influence. Every creature slain for good or evil, every deer hunted for meat, every fly swat, all this death would not exist were it not for Poe's intervention. He would dedicate all these future deaths to Drojan, and they would be so much more impactful in terms of sheer numbers than if he slaughtered every man, woman, and child he'd met. As tempting as that was. Abdul Aziz saw darkness in Poe that was abnormal among their kind, and he was drawn to it. When they first met in the ship's dank hold, Poe spoke not at all. He could neither read nor write, and even picking up his native language took time. But among the long-lived race, time was something that was plentiful. So, with uh, under Abdul's harsh, harsh tutelage, uh, Poe developed an interest in Arcana, which, like most things he deemed important, he incorporated into his worship of Drojan. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, uh, Arcana Cleric. Uh, he spent many long uh, hours watching his master work wonders, particularly in the study of disease, poison, and the necrotic arts. 
uh, one day in particular stands out in Poe's mind for it changed his life path drastically. Uh, there was no way to tell how old he was when it happened, but he was somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 150 years of age. An emergency call went out from Baldur's Gate for healers, mystics, clerics, and any who had the knowledge of such things. Abdul was an obvious candidate for the call, despite the fact that had that he had a bit of a reputation for unusual means. For some of for some of the miraculous healing he had practiced over the years. It seems an exorbitantly wealthier satyr, satyr? satyr. Uh, couple had found themselves infected with mind flayer tadpoles and were, expect, were expending their vast fortune to find any means of halting the inevitable transformation. So, if you are a long-time listener, you would know one of these satyrs is a, another character I'm playing by the name of Nanny. Uh, so this is how I'm sort of intertwining their respective backstories. Hmm. Uh, the gold did not interest Abdul, other than a means to an end. The medical quandary, on the other hand, was most intriguing. When he and Poe arrived, the transformation had been slowed somewhat, but still seemed inevitable. With some convincing, husband and wife agreed to allow Abdul to use a play on the druidic spell Reincarnation. Uh, that would, in essence, mean using their deaths as a cure for their disease. Uh, it ended up working, sort of. The female satyr experienced only the physical transformation, but her mind remained intact. The male was not so lucky. And when he awoke, fully transformed, he killed and ate the brain of Abdul, who, into his weakened state from the difficult casting, could not even fight back. Before they even knew what had happened, the female satyr and Poe stared dumbfounded as the f now fully-fledged Elithid fled through a portal to the astral plane. Poe turned in on himself then and let the darkness of the past overtake him. The female satyr took him in took him in hand and through sheer force of will brought him back from nothingness. She felt responsible for him on top of making her own plans to try to get her husband back. She enrolled him in school and took care of his day-to-day -day needs. Poe learned the common tongue and acquired other basic knowledge, but he felt the pull to continue his master's work and more importantly, to feed Drojan the pain and death that he so richly deserved for keeping him alive through these trials. When one day the female satyr took him aside and said he, she was leaving and shirts for her husband, he did not even react one way or the other. He did not thank her, but instead looked at her quizzically, as he always had. Death had helped this creature before him, and that closeness to Drojan filled him with a sort of wonder and envy. With her gone, he was free to explore the wide world, which is just what he did. One might think that the circumstances of his early life would mean Poe would choose to avoid the sea. However, his worship of pain and death drew him back to it like a lodestone. He signed up to work aboard this ship and that, learning the ropes of seafaring from a different perspective this time. Particularly at first, he was so unskilled that he was only ever hired due to his size. But with time, he developed a reputation. His strength, combined with his, albeit limited, ability to heal, was sought after, and although he was considered odd by most, there was no denying he was helpful to have aboard any vessel which is how he eventually ended up first mate aboard the ship of the pirate captain 
Quelzer Namesman. Naseman. Uh, that's another Forgotten Realms uh, personality, let's say, uh, that I stole and uh, have co-opted for my story. Uh, Q-U-E-L-Z-U-R-N-A-I-S-M-E-N. Feel free to Google and read about him. Pirate Captain Quelzer Naseman. Poe spent many years living the life of a pirate, traveling the globe, finding and studying rare diseases, searching for the ultimate truths of pain and death for his god Drojan, secretly Frazubablu, until one day he found himself in search for curatives or poisons, partaking in a particularly strenuous tribal ritual involving the local fungi and the poison from a a rare multi-hued frog. A journey, a mind a journey of this sort by even the most sane and grounded individuals is dangerous. For Poe, it did things to his already splintered mind that can likely never be undone. And he liked it. From that day forward, he sought out any mind-altering substances he could, and through experimentation and determination, he felt whole despite all evidence to the contrary. One tidbit, one mind nugget that grew through this process was the curiosity over life and death and the life of the female satyr from Baldur's Gate. Something about her was truly fascinating. Neither he nor Drojan nor Frezoburu could quite put his finger on why. Uh, okay, so uh, that last little bit was to explain why he sort of uh, starts to seek, it, seek out this female satyr, uh, who is a, a nanny who I'm uh, playing on this same server. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he's going to meet up with her and uh, live on the island that they live on, the island of Aphoros. If you're interested in joining this server, you know, email, uh, contact me to uh, any of the stuff in the closing credits, why don't you? Uh, we're pushing this button. Oh, what time is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Whoa, shit. Button. Today's cleanup conversation. Oh, one of these. Brought to you by Shrink Wrap. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yeah, I decided to throw in a little, uh, you know, uh, cleanup conversation just to talk a little bit about. And, uh, you know, this is maybe kind of, I don't know, practice. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> My alarm went off. Here, let's get a. I don't even know if you could hear that. Probably not. Yeah, because uh, I have D&D in a, in a little bit. So I set my alarm to make sure I'm up for it. Because I'm playing with European folks. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about therapy. Ah, yeah, so uh, I've spoken a little bit about in a post... Uh, six episode 600 worlds. Uh, I'm going to lose the segments. I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. It's going to be interesting, I think, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I've already got one thing planned for episode 600, uh, uh, which sort of 
goes hand in hand with talking about uh, therapy. So I don't have a regularly scheduled therapy session. Um, I probably would like to, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not something that's covered by any healthcare that I have anyway. So it's a, it's a little expensive and, you know, saying that out loud is silly. Uh, uh, people spend how much on, you know, gym memberships and, and shit like that to take care of their body when taking care of your mind is probably uh, more important than that. So, uh, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. It, it, it should be free. It, it should be paid for by the government. Uh, anyways, that's a different story. Uh, but, but I do, you know, periodically go, I hadn't been since, uh, you know, lockdown way back when. So it'd been quite a while, but I think I'm going to try to once every, I don't know, some odd months, uh, go in and just for like a little uh, chat and check up and whatever you want to call it, because you feel so much better after, at least I do one, one tends to, you know, sort of dusting the cobwebs off. It, it, it's got that sort of feel to it. And, and I cannot recommend it, um, uh, enough. One thing I like, uh, and one of the very sort of, I almost feel like few things that have improved, uh, uh, with, with time is that, uh, uh, you know, mental health, uh, now compared to when I was, uh, you know, in my twenties, so 20 years ago, uh, uh, the ability to talk about it openly has become so much more the norm, uh, that I think it's going to help, uh, uh, those like myself who, uh, uh, you know, sort of back in the day didn't really have it, had it as a resource technically, but didn't know I had it as a resource. I uh, uh, didn't realize that talking about things like, uh, like mental health could, uh, help others sort of start their own journey, uh, in, into that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, I think I'll probably save it more for, you know, post episode 600 where I actually talk about, you know, maybe even talk about what I talk about in therapy therapy. Uh, so yeah, that's all. That's all that is just if you feel like talking to someone would help try it, try it once. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Uh, uh, what do you have to lose? And, uh, I promise potentially much to gain, uh, whether you think you need it or not, uh, uh, uh sitting down and talking with, uh, someone who, you know, knows how to talk about things. <laughs> that's that's sort of a almost a very simplistic way to boil it down talk to someone who knows how to talk about things uh who has trained to to talk about things uh and, and you'll get something out of it uh, if anything an interesting conversation uh, is potentially at hand uh and, and you may find that you like it mm -hmm. folks uh that was an episode i suppose yay a ringing endorsement of an episode. Uh, that leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. 
I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.